certainly made things worse. Towards the end of the flight, a snack was offered. A live white mouse. Not liking to feed in public, she declined. Looking up at the smartly uniformed hostess, she noticed a sky-blue scarf wound between her collar and her throat. Kate sensed the warm girl's bites, and wondered if she were required to offer her neck to Alitalia's important vampire customers. More likely, she had an undead boyfriend, without much in the way of self-control. "'May I have yours as well?' asked another passenger, a thin-faced elder. "'I am peckish.' He already had one wriggling mouse in his left hand. Kate shrugged politely. He reached over the aisle into the hostess's little cage. "'Thank you, signora,' he said, claiming his prize. The vampire opened his mouth like a python. Red membranes unfurled as his jaws unlocked, revealing double rows of fang needles. He popped both treats into his maw and crunched out the tiny lives. He chewed the mice like gum, working the furry pulp into his cheek, sucking down juices in minute dribbles. The elder wore full soup and fish, ruffle white shirt, black dicky bow, velvet morning coat, brocade waistcoat, playboy club signet ring, buckle boots, Patek Leoncourt wristwatch, black opera cape lined with red silk. He looked like a middle European hawk, black patent ever hair brushed back from a widow's peak, white face, red eyes, scarlet lips. Or is it signorina? he asked around his mouthful. Miss, she admitted, Catherine Reed. The elder discreetly spat fur and bones into a paper napkin, which she folded into a small parcel and gave to the hostess for disposal. Nodding a formal greeting, he introduced himself. Count Gabor Carnassi of the bloodline of La Dracula, late of Il Principe's Carpathian Guard. In his Italian exile, they called Dracula Il Principe, the prince. He was born to the title, which distinguished him from the numberless counts, like this one, who floated around in his wake. Sly reference to Machiavelli's handbook for genial tyrants was also intended. This is my niece, Count Canassi gestured at the vampire woman in the window seat next to him. Malenka. A glance suggested what species of niece Malenka was to the Count. She was dressed for an entrance, in a floor-length scarlet evening gown, cut to display an enormous outcrop of bosom. The neckline was more like a nipple line, with a deep valley that almost reached her navel. Diamonds sparkled on the upper slopes of her breasts. Her growth of bright blonde hair was equally enormous, and her razor smile was a credit to either bloodline or Swedish dentistry. Her maroon eyes sparkled and dazzled with boredom, contempt, and amusement. Kate chided herself for unfairly detesting Malenka on sight. She had her down as a nouveau, one of those new-born vampiresses who attach themselves to convenient elders and try to pass among gentlefolk three hundred years their senior. She waved tiny fingers at the woman, Malenka arched, plucked eyebrows. They were the only three vampires on the flight. Kate had an idea she might like the old rogue of a count, who was on some level aware of the impression Malenka made. Canassi paused sufficiently in a recitation of his part in several centuries of court intrigue to ask her what she did and why she was going to Rome. She avoided the latter question by answering the former. "'I'm a journalist for the Manchester Guardian and the New Statesman.' Journalisti, Malenka spat the first word Kate had heard from her. Animals. Malenka smiled 
as if she were fond of animals and enjoyed killing and eating them. My niece has been pursued by your press. She is highly visible. Katie didn't pay much attention to the society pages, but had an idea she had seen photographs in the tattler of Malenka looking gorgeously bored at a coffee bar in Soho, or supporting a mushroom cloud hat at Ascot. It was part of her job to keep up with all manner of publications. Also, she liked to know what people were wearing these days. Motion pictures are interested in her, continued the Count. She photographs. Many vampires didn't. Only a few, like Garbo, were film actors or models. Monsieur Eric, angel-voiced spectre of the Paris Opera, not only would not photograph, but could not be recorded for gramophone records. So I imagine, Kate snipped. Your accent, it's not English, observed Canassi. You are perhaps Canadian? I am perhaps Irish.